The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Good afternoon, everybody. It's a Friday. Good morning, Gus Valley. You made it to Friday. It's the weekend. It's here. Why don't we play my... We can actually see it. Why don't we play my introduction? Oh, do you need like a walk-up <clears throat> song? Is that yeah. what you want? Yeah. Like the when one, you walk into the room? The one that I created. The one that has made our show famous. How come we can't save drafts on Twitter anymore? Twitter, fix your issues. I had all this draft typed up, and I was like, oh, I can't save it. So now my screen's left open for all to invade. That's nice. Uh, Some big things happening today. You jerk. (laughs) We've got uh, some more players that are officially joining their future teams in the NBA. Russell Westbrook was introduced in Houston. Jazz introduced Jeff Green and Ed Davis today. Uh, the uh, speaking of the NBA, the Caesars Palace Sportsbook has set the projected win totals for every team in the NBA. What do they think about the Utah Jazz and the other teams uh, around the uh, the Western Conference? We're also going to look at uh, uh, more award watch lists have been revealed, and we just started going through and t- tallying them up and. The list got longer and longer and longer. So we're going to go through some of the uh, Aggie football players and the preseason recognition that just keeps coming in for these guys. Also, some news today that was uh, announced by John Rothstein that uh, Utah State basketball has another great non-conference opponent on their schedule. So we'll we'll get into that. And on Friday, we're going to do our sixth or our, our five best. But we're going to do it five best plus one because the Mountain West announced six bowl tie-ins just the other day. And so we will uh, we'll go through what uh, we'll, we'll try to rank them. In fact, there's a little bit more than six because the Mountain West has some tie-ins, though it's not necessarily official partners. If if various conferences can't fill their slots in the Mountain West is the next available conference. So we'll give you our five best plus a few. We'll get into that a little bit later on as well. Ajay, uh, it's the weekend. And, you know, the other thing going on is you got the big three, uh, three-on-three basketball tournament that uh, is going on down in Bivit Smart Home Arena. Some former jazz guys are down there. Uh, Joe Johnson is involved. Al Jefferson is involved. Uh, they're in Salt Lake City this weekend. Al Jefferson saying today that when he came to the Jazz, it pretty much revived his career. Uh, he certainly has the Jazz to thank for the big contract he signed with the Hornets as a result. Uh, but also Joe Johnson uh, has good memories of, of when he was in Utah. He has bad memories about the end of his career. Yeah, but that was in Houston. But Well, that's what I'm saying. He talked about how we, how the Jets have revived careers, or at least we're about to, and they've done it before. You yeah. look at Kyle Korver, they revived his career too. Yeah. Uh, and you've seen careers take a downward spiral turn at rocket speed, like Darren Williams, uh, Carlos Boozer. Um, anybody else you want to put on that list? I don't know who else. Carl Malone, I put on that list in a heartbeat. Uh, I don't know, anybody else? Gordon Hayward. Well, uh, this and there's also the basketball tournament, which is going on in the Maverick Center. So it's got some interesting basketball going on in the state. Uh, teams from Utah, at least in the basketball tournament, uh, not really faring that well. Um, there was the one team that's mostly made up of Utah and Utah Valley players. They had uh, the lead much of the game and then lost it late and lost on the last-second shot. Uh, the Utah Stallions, which is made up of a lot of former Utah State Aggies, uh, they lost by what six or seven points? Six last night. Uh, then they had a twenty-point lead and lost it. That's uh, too bad. Uh, then there's that uh, Fredette team. <laughs> oh, that's too bad. They did win, <laughs> but it's 
There's like maybe one, two guys from BYU on that team. Yeah, uh, TJ Fredette and then uh, Tyler Hawes. Hawes, yeah. So it's a bunch of guys from all over the place. So according to our pick six, there was one Utah team that did advance and will play today. So we both got that one right. But it's not the team we were hoping for. Yeah, so that 25% ticket revenue... You, you don't have to go buy. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> go buy tickets. Go see the championship. Hopefully, we'll have a team from Utah in it, which would be cool enough uh, to send them to Chicago and the Nationals and uh, go win $2 million there. So It's still kind of an interesting lineup, the way they're doing it. Sure, yeah. I'd so, absolutely say that. It's worth checking out. Uh, the, the big three is also kind of intriguing. I saw Joe. Yeah, I saw Joe. He is not subbed out. Did you know that? Yeah, he's played every yeah. minute of every game. He ain't gonna sit out in a big three tournament, man. Hot yoga, <laughs> hot yoga. Where's the thing. beef? <laughs> oh uh, man! So we were talking about some of these preseason awards, and or or these watch lists that a lot of Aggie football players are on, uh, and the list just keeps getting bigger. And okay, bigger. so we started like at two thirty-five, two forty. We didn't get done with the list until about 345, 350. Just, I mean, and, and a lot of it, and some of it was fact-checking, too, to make sure we didn't miss anybody, miss any awards, miss any watch lists. By the time we were done, it was like, dude, Woodward, want to calm it down a little bit? <laughs> you know? I mean, it's great. It's, you know, it's awesome. Obviously, there's a lot of hype around this Aggie football team uh, from many, and rightfully so, individuals as well. Well, what prompted it is is today we got another one, right? I mean, Jordan Love was named to the Walter Camp Player of the Year mm-hmm. preseason watch list, and we're like, holy cow, we're just commenting. Mr. Doug Hoffman has been quite busy this releases. summer. We're like, wow, there's a lot of these watch lists that this guy's on. And we started going through, we're like, yeah, he's on a lot. He's got a lot of preseason recognition. What about these other guys? Oh, my gosh, yeah, they do too. So we're going to go through the list. Uh, this isn't part of the five best, which is our, our normal list. This is a different list. Uh, but there's uh, primarily one, two, three, four, five, six Aggie players that have gotten a lot of preseason recognition uh, coming into the 2019 season. USU also released their fall camp practice dates. Which ones are open to the public? Which ones aren't? You can see that on CashValleyDaily.com. You can see the full schedule there, and when the like the scrimmages are going to be, the Family Fun Fest. So go check that out. We'll get into that a little bit as well. But but Jordan Love, as we mentioned, was uh, he received another uh, uh, preseason recognition today. There's a Walter Camp watch list, and that's for the Player of the Year. But Ajay, his list is. Probably the longest. Is his the longest, or is David Woodward's longer? I think David's is longer, isn't it? By not by much. I think it's by one or Actually, two. Actually, yeah, I think you're right. I think David Woodward does have more by things. one or two. I gotta go fetch my list. Oh, I think. Did you take <laughs> mine? I have my handwritten one. I didn't have your printout one. Tell you what, I'll start going through Jordan. You go sneak I'll go out. Grab that I'll list. be right back. So Jordan Love, Walter Camp Player of the Year, as we mentioned. Uh, just this week, he was also recognized as the Mountain West Preseason Offensive Player of the Year. Uh, he's been named as the onto the uh, Davy O'Brien Award watch list. That gives and uh, recognizes the top quarterback of the year. Uh, he's on the uh, Maxwell Award watch list. That's a, similarly a, a Player of the Year type award. He got invited to the Manning Passing Academy. Now, that's not necessarily a preseason watch list or necessarily a preseason recognition, but uh, we both felt it was worthy of recognition and being on there. Going to the Manning Passing Academy is still an honor and a recognition. Um, He was on the Athlon Sports All-Mountain West and Phil Steele All-Mountain West. So, Jordan Love getting a lot of love. Are we surprised? No. And and the thing is, is, is with this stuff, like... The preseason, it's just preseason stuff. It's it's what you did last year, what they expect for you to do this year. And then, I mean, by the end, who knows what's going to happen. So, uh, But, yeah, you're right. Jordan Love off to a very saucy start before we've even kicked the football off to start the season. Yeah. So the other guy that's gotten a lot of recognition, as we mentioned, David Woodward. And his list is 
Actually, it, it is longer. There are a couple of things on there more than, than what Jordan Love got. Uh, Ajay, why don't you go through some of those for David Woodward? David Woodward is a very, very loved man from a lot of uh, people. Preseason third-team All-American by Athlon Sports. Preseason fourth-team All-American by Phil Steele Magazine. First-team All-Mountain West by both Athlon Sports and Phil Steele Magazine. Law Impact Trophy watch list, 19 Bronco Nagurski watch list, 19 Buckets Award watch list, 19 College Football America Group 5 preseason starting lineup. Wow. Be more boring. But yet, last year, he got overlooked by San Jose State linebacker. Mountain West, how are you doing today? Uh, I still haven't let that up by them. This is one of those is very interesting. It's a college football yearbook. They do this group of five starting lineup. Yep. Uh, he is actually named as a reserve on that list, not as a starter, but still. Uh, so it's kind of recognizing the, 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 the mid-major programs, if you will. Uh, but he also got – he's in company with a lot of these other uh, premier athletes around the country, these other position groups, for uh, the best defensive player or the best linebacker. Uh, and, uh, yeah, David Woodward had an incredible season last year. Oh, yeah. And – He's going to be a great foundation piece for that linebacker core with Gary Anderson. That just, I get giddy thinking about that. Dude, and I, I can't imagine <laughs> what those guys is like. I mean, just the coaching staff and their heads are spinning with all these ideas because of the talent that's on the field. Yes, the Aggies lost a lot of starters, but they got some very, very key ones back. And that, I mean, on both sides of the ball, we're talking about Baron Gokowski on one side, David Woodward, Tipanali on one. And then you go on the other side, you got Savon Scarver, you've got. Jordan Love, of course. Alfred Edwards Jr. comes back. Um, yeah, there. I mean, there is a some serious ideas that are spending through some very, very high IQ coaches' minds. Uh, one of the other guys that's uh, got a lot of preseason attention and a lot to do with what he did last year is Savon Scarver. He also has a very long list of preseason recognition. Uh, also, a member of that group of five starting lineup as a starter. Yep. Uh, he's a first-team All-American by Phil Steele Magazine, a second-team All-American by Athlon Sports, second-team All-American by Sporting News, uh, first-team Mountain West by Athlon Sports and by Phil Steele Magazine, and just this last week was named for the All-Mountain West preseason team. Jeez. Oh, Is that amazing or what? Uh, all, all as a returner. There's yeah, all as a returner. about yeah. what he might be able to do. We haven't even touched receiver. the whole receiver part yet. Yeah. And who knows what he's going to do there. Uh, Dominic Eberly, or Dominant Eberly, as you like to say. Yes, Dominant Eberly. Uh, again, he is, uh, in, in fact, just newly uh, put to this list right here, the we- Warfold Trophy Watch List, which is, I think it's a community service yeah, award, community right? community service. Which is awesome. The Lou Grosa Collegiate Place Kicker Award Watch List. He's on it for back-to-back years. All-State AFCA Good Works Team, preseason fourth team All-American by Athlon Sports. Preseason second team All Mountain West by Athlon Sports and Phil Steele Magazine. Uh, and then a guy that I'm very high on and I think will have another big year and he'll get to show off his talent in front of some really good talent or, excuse me, some great opponents uh, on the other side of the line is Tipanolier. Uh He's been named to the Chuck Benerick Ward watch list. He's first team All Mountain West team from Athlon Sports, Phil Steele Magazine, and All Mountain West team. So. And is there one more? DJ Williams, DJ right? Williams. Yeah. yeah, he was named the Paycom Jim Thorpe watch list. That's for the best defensive back. Yep. Uh, preseason All-Mountain West by Athlon Sports and by Phil Steele, and he was on the All-Mountain West team for uh, preseason that was just announced just the other day. <laughs> like, could you, I mean, just the talent. And, I mean, I know, like, Alabama, this is what? I mean, this is just whatever. Yeah, been there, done that, whatever. I mean, they have... 20 guys listed at 20 different awards. But for Utah <laughs> State, true. who's a mid-major school in a group five, has one, two, three, four, five, six guys. All on the Mountain West team. Uh, a majority of them on the All-American squads. Uh, and some of them on, I mean, huge, huge watch lists, either whether it's in special teams or whether it's in offense or defense. And so... Um, I, the, the hype is real, I believe. Um, if anybody who is wondering about these guys, it's real. And they will prove that uh, come August, what is it, 28th, I think, is our first game. Is that right? We're in Wake Forest. 
Is that 30th or 28th? I can never remember this date. Uh, 24th <laughs> is... So wait, 24th is a Friday. So the first game is August 30th. Oh, it is August 30th. Okay. Yes. All right. So, uh, and you know, and like we said, they'll have some great opponents to showcase that talent. Wake, Wake Forest, LSU, um, BYU, I guess, if you want to put them there. <laughs> Boise State, Fresno State. So, yeah, great town all the way around, and uh, I'm excited. This this makes me really excited. And, I mean, look well, at that, and then you look at, like, what the basketball team's going to be capable of doing and what they did last year. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> last year was a, a really just one of those incredible seasons that you just don't see at Utah State very often or in college sports, period. Where what was it? There was only five schools that had a both football and basketball yep, team in the yep, top twenty-five. Yep, uh, them so, in Cincinnati. Yeah, it's just it's pretty rare to have both the football and basketball in the top twenty-five in the same season. And they did that last year, um, and there's a lot of great talent coming back for both. Now it's going to be more challenging to get there. I think this year, Utah State football is got a much more difficult schedule. In conference, um, and as we're learning today, Utah State basketball is adding some really interesting non-conference mm-hmm. things to their schedule. How about that matchup? Yeah, so John Rothstein today on Twitter, uh, and saying that uh, according to sources, uh, his this was his tweet earlier this morning. Florida State will play South Florida, and Florida will face Utah State in the 2019 Orange Bowl Classic. It's a double header, which is played on December 21st. It's down in the Miami area. They play that game in the home of the Florida Panthers. It's an ice hockey arena. But for basketball, it sits a little over 20,000, almost 21,000 people. So it's a good basketball arena. So timeout. In our preseason schedule, we have a St. Mary's, LSU. Right. That was just announced a week and a half ago. Or so. Florida. And I, we play BYU, I believe, at the uh, Beehive Classic now this year. Oh, they're on rotation for that, aren't yep, they? Yep, yep. So we played Utah the first year, played Weber State, and now we play BYU. So, yeah, Utah State's participating in the Jamaica Classic. That's November 22nd and 24th. Uh, the teams in their bracket for that are Rhode Island, North Texas, and LSU. So LSU is clearly the big one that, that jumps out at you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's some games that may also be scheduled at uh, home sites around that with the other side of the bracket, which would be Nichols State and North Carolina A&T. So... Not necessarily going to you know, knock your socks off, but uh, it, those are coupled with everything else that we've discussed. It, it's a uh, Florida, LSU, St. Mary's. All of those have potential to be in that first quadrant, which now is the where you want to be. In, it's not necessarily RPI. Uh, it takes a lot of different things into account, as we discussed a lot last year. But you want to be in that uh, higher part of uh, getting a quadrant one win and uh, or at least play those types of games. And Utah State is clearly showing that they want to be considered. They want to have that higher recognition um, so that when it comes time for uh, March Madness, if they're still in the hunt, they get a better seed mm-hmm. and uh, a more hopefully a more favorable um, uh, opponent in the way that it's all lined up. So the, the, Craig Smith believes highly in this team. It was great hearing from Clay Stahl yesterday. Oh, that was fun, was wasn't it? Here. To hear him talk about where the team is now compared to where they were a year ago. And he emphasized so excited about what and, you know, I remember, can do next year. Yeah, and I remember Coach Smith talking about that with Al, I believe. You know, that at what, I think it was towards the end of the season, he said, you know, when we first came here, players weren't sure of us. We were getting to know them. We trusted them, but we were getting to know them. But the players, they had to learn how to trust us. We were implementing some new things, both offensively and defensively. He said there was at times a lot of frustration, just trying to put it all together. You know, and this is all in summer. But then I remember uh, him saying this, that the improvement and the desire and dedication to want to be great it was was so, I guess, it, it just it showed. It really did. I remember in game one, Eric, game one of a home opener in preseason, you've got Diogo Brito diving for a ball, and I'm sitting at the scoreboard table, 
diving for a ball up by up by 36, you have Crew Ainge taking a charge up by 42 points. You have guys playing defense like their life depended on it for the Mount West Conference Championship in game one of an exhibition. And you could just see what Coach Smith and his staff, Coach Peterson, Coach Austin Hansen, the whole crew, was able to be able to get this team to buy in. And I think, I honestly believe that it started with Sam Merrill. That a teammate and a leader like Sam Merrill, if they said, they said, hey, look, Sam, if you can buy in and you can learn to trust us, everyone's going to follow. And sure enough, look what happened. Sam bought in. Everyone followed. All of a sudden, you're the Mountain West Conference champs. You go to the tournament. Uh it's it's awesome. I like it's so cool to see that and and like you said, him Clay saying like where we were last year and where we are right now at this point this year, night and day, total difference. And dude, that just makes me more excited for basketball. I can't wait. Yeah, it, clearly this team is uh, bought into the what their head coach, his philosophy is, his energy, and and the, the rest of that coaching staff, um, and uh, how they approach the game. So it's really exciting, and, and he's. I believe by what he's doing here and lining up this non-conference schedule, he is sending that message to them that he believes in them. Mm-hmm. So uh, that as a player, you just got to get excited about the opportunity to play on those kind of stages against teams like that. Uh, words out, you know, people. Yeah, people the, know you. By the way, you're no secret program. anymore. Yeah, you're no secret. You're not going to sneak any underneath anybody's radar or target. They know who you are. They know who Namias is. They definitely know who Sam Merrill is. Uh, let's see how they can handle it now. All right, let's do this. We got to take a step aside. We're going to come back more about uh, what's going on with Utah State football. We'll get into the practice schedule, which was released today. When the public can go check things out. Uh, for USU football as camp gets underway next week. Yes, it's that close. And we'll also get into some other one of the other announcements this week from the Mountain West Conference, uh, announcing their bowl tie-ins, and we'll rank them. What do we think are the best opportunities for a team like Utah State? Which bowl would be pre- most preferable? Which would be least? And we'll, we'll kind of rank them in between there as well. Coming up next on the Full Court Press. Aggies, Jazz, High Schools, even the Pee Wee's T-Ball team. It's the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, The Fan. Bogarts hits a hanger high and deep to left, and that one's gone. Over the monster seats and hit one of the signs out there. That would have been on the lands down street. Second homer of the night for Bogarts. His fourth hit. He's driven in four and scored four. Two homers in the inning. Three runs in the inning. And the hits just keep on coming. Did you catch that game? It's the call from the uh, Boston Red Sox just taking it to the Yankees. How about that? Nineteen to three. Holy cow, dude! That you know that's really an interesting series and rival they've kind of been playing. You know, Boston's what nine or ten games behind New York right now, just getting throttled in the American League East. Uh, New York's 30, 30 games above five hundred right now, but then all of a sudden nineteen to three, smack you, bam, jam, thank you, ma'am. You know, it, it's it's unreal. That make you second guess your decision on what we did for a pick six on Sunday? Nah, I'm still <laughs> screwed. Honestly, what was it? Three and a half is what you said the line. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? And I took the and over. By, <laughs> I took the over. Well, and you, okay, and you know what? I don't appreciate giving you giving me thirty seconds to get through that. <laughs> so I'm kind of blaming you. <laughs> I don't have a chance to really think through my decisions. I. Uh, I wasn't very prepared. With I was too hung up on the uh, the basketball tournament. Spent a little too much time on that. No, on the big three. That's what it was. The big three. Anyway, uh, Utah State football gets their fall camp underway this next week. Media day will be next Wednesday. We'll be there. We'll have live microphone. Well, we'll be broadcasting live, but we'll have a hot microphone there. We'll re- be recording uh, what is said and to do some one-on-one stuff with players as well. And the practices get underway for the public and everybody else uh, starting on Thursday, August 1st at 2.45 p.m. 
And the first, uh, really, first two weeks are open to the public. Uh, practices will be Thursday, Friday, and Saturday next week. And the following week, Monday through Friday, uh, 2.45 each day, uh, but they will close practices on Saturday, and then it'll be closed the, the rest of the following week, except for August 17th, which will be Family Football Fun Day. Those are awesome, by the way. I'm so glad they're still doing that. I like it, too. I think it's fun to have the scrimmage and have people kind of mingle. and. I feel like there's a buck coming onto here, the, though. Onto the field. I, I'm just... Uh, maybe I'm just second-guessing the schedule here uh, because you close practices for a full week before all of a sudden you pop up and open it up again. Everybody watch this one scrimmage, and then it's closed again. Uh, so it's open for about a week and a half, and then it's closed. Um, and then you have the scrimmage, and then it's closed again. So it just doesn't seem like there's as much access as there has been in the past. Was there in the past? Yeah, it seemed like there was more that was available for public and media. Really? And I don't know, maybe it's just because it's a new coaching staff. And there's enough younger maybe guys Doug trying to was all sick of us. figure things out. I don't he know. sounded really grumpy on the phone with me today. He usually, he's usually quite chatty, and I was like, hey, Doug, what's up? <laughs> you don't sound like you're doing too great. <sighs> all right, well, okay, I have a question for you. I asked him the question, and he really didn't answer it. I can only imagine these the days leading up to football kicking off. Yeah. And it's not just that. I mean, it's I, I think that the the media relations people up there have got to be mindful of all fall sports. Yeah, that's ready. true. So, uh, it's I think it's a kind But of they've a got tough people to cover year. like what girl uh women's soccer yeah, track they still have or to whatever. Put together, like your all your preseason materials. So they have to be ready. They've already done that. They got the media guy done. The award watch lists are out. I'm not just talking. Doug's a nice dude. I mean, I love Doug. Him, 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 and I are like uh, Bert and Ernie. But I mean, <laughs> which he, one is which? He just sounded like he had had a heck of a day. Maybe that's because his kid answered the phone and it didn't go too well. I want to talk to his kid. <laughs> is this Jenny? No. Does it sound like a Jenny? <laughs> Anyways, no, hey, yeah, I can't believe we're already there. Uh, we're, I mean, a week from yesterday, right? Well, we, we, we get right. right. Uh, a week from yesterday, it's open to the public. And, it's, and by the way, it's full go for you and I from here. Yes. Like, honestly, it's, it's full go after that. We are back in a two-hour show starting August 5th, and we are covering Aggie football like nobody else can. There is audio. There is updates. There is, I mean, breakdowns of, of each position we're going to give you. There's interviews with coaches, with players, the whole shebang. And, uh, by the way, each week in a game, we'll be giving you a – we'll have a – during our In the Know, we'll have you with a radio play-by-play guy or a beat writer from uh, that squad. And, I mean, it's just – we're already there, man. I feel like we didn't have an off season. Nah, I'm ready. I'm excited. Yeah, that's what you're Love saying right now. Love this time of the year. Because then you got high school football that's there. Oh, man, up. don't remind me. I'm not even ready for that yet. Yeah, it's good times. No, it's, you don't have to go out and call games. Yeah, I get to stay in an air conditioning. Yeah, room. that's the thing. You're sending us out there. Well, you hey, know. you're my guy, right? And I'm like, no. <laughs> Do I have to be? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Oh, crap. Hey, coming up next, uh, Utah State could be going to another bowl game. We would certainly hope that they could in 2019. But the bowl landscape is going to change in 2020 for the Mountain West. Uh, the Mountain West announced their, uh, a new bowl uh, partnership, and there's some more that could be determined still. But uh, Mountain West announced what their bowl lineup looks like for the foreseeable future for the next several years. And we'll go through that as part of our five best today on a Friday plus one. We'll actually go through the six bowls that the Mountain West announced. We'll go through those, rank them, which we think are the, the better bowls and why. Coming up next on the Full Court Press. The new home for the Full Court Press. Weekday afternoons from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Eric Franson, Ajay Salveson, it's the Full Court Press. Dude, this is taking me forever to type. This sucks. Woodward, dude, I love you, man, but 
ease up. Some of us gotta fit this all into Twitter. <laughs> Stop playing so hard. I have too many characters I have to type. <laughs> no, this is awesome. I'm gonna be tweeting out a list of all the preseason awards. You can follow me on Twitter at AJ Salvi, A-J-A-Y-S-A-L-V-Y. Get out a list for you so you can see you uh, and keep up with these guys. Pretty cool though. I mean, when's the last time we had this many people on a doggone preseason award list? Yeah, there's been Aggies on award lists before. I uh, don't know if we can compare this year compared to others, but but uh, a lot of guys. Well, yeah. When's the list. last time you had one, two, three, four, five, six guys on this list? I mean, maybe like what the 2012-13 team or after that? Possibly. Oh. Yeah, possibly. Uh, certainly it's a great reflection of what they did a year ago. Yes, yes. That is the reminder, everybody. This is based on what happened last year. Mountain West announced this week that they've got a new uh, six-year bowl lineup to go through the 2025-26 season, which uh, and there's some changes to what's been going on. So the Mountain West will have six guaranteed bowls. Um, it, that they're connected with. So that includes the famous Idaho Potato Bowl, which is so big and so important, we have to move it to New Year's time. Which is awesome! The New Mexico Bowl, the Nova Home Loans Arizona Bowl, SoFi Hawaii Bowl, and yet unnamed ESPN events-operated bowl game, which is likely to be held in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Uh, but there's also the, um, the this new bowl, which will be connected with the Pac-12, and that's the in Los Angeles, and it'll be played in the new home for the uh, the uh, uh, LA Rams. So that's actually really quite exciting. Um, but do you like so the Las Vegas Bowl will be no more for the Mountain West? Yep. <clears throat> but they'll go to Los Angeles instead, and they'll still have their, their association with the Pac-12. Yep. Do you like that move? Yeah, because Los Angeles is a brand new spanking shiny stadium with all the bells and whistles. I mean, that place is going to be beautiful. And you can capitalize and underline and italicize beautiful because it is thing I mean, look, all the things you've seen on internet about it, the way it's supposed to look in the press box on the field and the locker rooms and all that. It looks very futuristic. Yes. It's like an alien space. Because craft. that is where NFL football teams are going to be playing. So, yes, that thing is going to be absolutely gorgeous. Las Vegas and Sam Boyd Stadium. Look, I love Las Vegas. It's nice. People like it. You know, it's it's all dandy, whatever. But it's old. You're going into something brand spanking new. I will take more seats. I will take Los Angeles over Las Vegas anytime, any day, anywhere, twice Sunday. Okay, so uh, we just went through the, the Bulls. Now, there is still a, a bowl tie-in. Uh, the Mountain West has partnered with the Cheez-It Bowl, which is down in Phoenix. Which could be awesome, too. Which, if it, that bowl is set up to be between the Big Ten um, or Big 12. And uh, so the, the Mountain West will send a team there if it can't fill its slots. Uh, and then there's another one that just says to be determined, to be announced. So there's, I guess, another bowl... Uh, tie-in that may be announced in, in a little bit. Uh, but with the, the the six main bowls, the the new one in Los Angeles, famous Idaho Potato Bowl, New Mexico Bowl, Arizona Bowl, Hawaii Bowl, and then this new one, which will be in Dallas-Fort Worth area, how would you rank them one through six? Okay, well, obviously number one is going to be Los Angeles by far and away. Number two is I put the ESPN events-operated bowl. I mean, just based... This new one that doesn't have a name yet. Yeah. Dallas, Fort Worth area. Because, by the way, in Dallas is a big-time city. Obviously, major city in America. Uh, I, I put that at number two. Um, this one's tough here, though. and Because and, and <laughs> I'm with you on one and two right now. So, I'm going to put the Arizona Bowl at number three. Really? Yeah. Um, why, and why is that? A, it's warm weather. And I, I know the Mac isn't that great. But I, I, I think just I think it's a better, it's warmer weather, which means you can do more things with the teams and players, right? So uh, that's interesting because you have the Arizona Bowl as your number three. I have the Arizona Bowl as my number six. Oh man, you're going to be stunned about my number six then. Uh, 
the biggest reason, I think the location is fine, but the biggest reason for me is the bull payout is by far the least. Understand. I mean, Nevada, their payout last year was under $500,000. It probably cost them as much to get there and do everything as they got in the payout. It's $412,920. Is it really? Yes, that's what the Nevada payout was last year. Yikes. So my number three, my number three is not the Arizona Bowl. My number three is the New Mexico Bowl. Uh, Utah State's gone there a couple times. It's been good for them. Uh, It's a decent payout. It's just a little over a million dollars. It's a place that's familiar. It's in conference. So uh, in Albuquerque, New Mexico, that's not a bad destination. My number number three is the Idaho Potato Bowl. Your number four? No, my number. Well, yeah, I guess my number four, huh? Would be the Idaho Potato Bowl. Okay. I I like. Look, I know it's January third, and it's in the dead, you know, blanket space of winter, and it's in Boise. But the payout's great, and it's close to home, which means you can get a bunch of fans to go. I don't know how many fans are going to go to Los Angeles to watch in a bowl game. Let's be honest with each other right now. If Utah State's going to the to the bowl game in Los Angeles, yeah, I can guarantee you there will be a good number of Aggie fans who will go. I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure. Go watch the Aggies play and go to Disneyland. No, you're not going to go to Disneyland for seven hundred dollars a person. God, <laughs> it's getting more expensive. Yeah. <laughs> so my number four, I actually have the Hawaii Bowl as my number four. Okay, great destination. Yes, it's a little more expensive to get there but it also has a decent bowl payout. And it's Hawaii. And it's, I think, a great recruiting opportunity for the school because you try to get a lot of Polynesian kids. Uh, so what's your number five? <laughs> it's actually going to be the New Mexico Bowl. I like the New Mexico Bowl. A, again, weather's great. And Conference USA competition is wonderful. Like, there's actually good competition from the Conference USA. Which means my number six, before you get to your number five, is the Hawaii Bowl. It's on Christmas Eve. Nobody wants to be in Hawaii playing a football game on Christmas Eve. They'd rather be home with their families. Um, the Hawaii Bowl is, is way out there. It's just, I mean, and like you said, it's an expensive trip for the teams to take. Um... I mean, yeah, sure, it's Hawaii, it's great, but you're there to go play a football game, and as soon as you're done, you're coming home. And like I said, it's... it's if you're going to make it all the way out to Hawaii to watch the football game, you're not just going to turn around and go home the next day. Well, okay. Are we Well, are we talking about players? I mean, are we talking about fans? Yeah, for, for fans, yeah, hey, let's go take a week trip. The players don't get that luxury. They got meetings, press conferences, team activities, uh, all yeah, that stuff. Yeah, but they stuff do some do. cultural stuff for the community. Yes. There's some activities that they do. But again, you're playing on Christmas Eve, man. Ask ask these guys where they'd rather be on Christmas Eve, the Hawaii Bowl or being with their family on Christmas Eve. And would you rather spend $3,000 per person in your family to go to Hawaii, watch the bowl game, or just spend $50 per person on Christmas? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I put you on the spot there. Uh, Counting the pennies, absolutely. No, stop it. Um, so my number five is the Idaho Potato Bowl. Okay. Um, I, it is getting better with its how it's organized and what its payout is. Um, it, it, for Utah State fans, it is close. But the first time Utah State was there, it was great. Because, oh, Utah State's a bowl team. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh, we're going to a bowl game. Yeah. So a lot of people drove up. The second year they went up there again. Uh, well, okay, we've been to Boise, but uh, we're still excited about this football team. And then the next time is like, really? We're going to Boise again? So I, I think it's kind of lost its luster for a lot of Aggie fans. I feel like they feel like they need, they deserve something more interesting, warmer climates. I understand. So that's why it's low on my list. Okay. And then number six, I have the, as I mentioned previously, the Arizona Bowl. Um, it's just, it's it's a newer bowl. It's not very well established. Not to say that it isn't well run, but uh, the, the the payout there is just, just not there. Yeah. 
Uh, I am excited about this new bowl in, in Dallas, Fort Worth. Uh, it's a big metro area. It's a great recruiting area. Um, uh, look, TCU played down in that area uh, in what was in the, uh, I think could be, a, no, that's, that's a, the Cheez-It Bowl. Uh, there was the Frisco Bowl, which is kind of in that area. That was $750,000. Wait, is that one in San Francisco? No, it's in Frisco, Texas. Oh, okay. And there's the Armed Forces Bowl, which is also in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Uh, that payout was 900000 That was the one I was hoping we were going to get to. Like, realistically, that was the one I was hoping for. But the payout for the Cheez-It Bowl was, uh, for TCU was $1.04 million. Hmm. So, by far and away, the best payout in the Mountain West last year was the Las Vegas Bowl for Fresno State at two and three-quarters million. So... Everybody else was about not a too shabby, or just under, except for Nevada, which got less than half a million. Well, and if you're Boise, you didn't even get a game out of it last year in your first responders bowl. Oh yeah, that's right. Remember they, they canceled they it. Canceled. Players were upset about it. They don't feel like the coaches fault, or no, they don't feel like the school or the universities. Both universities felt this way. Both Boston College and Boise felt like they didn't fight for them to be able to continue to play. That's right, because they had that crazy weather. And they were right? so upset about it, yeah, because they said, and they called out their athletic director and the president. Like, both schools were livid about it. Or, I mean, both players. Players. Both, yeah, two coaches, coaches. Especially coaches were upset. They understood, but at the same time, they said, why aren't we playing another day? Why aren't we just coming back and doing this? And I felt I felt bad for, as weird as that sounds, I felt bad for Boise. That's probably the only time you'll ever hear me say it. So anyway, that's those are the bowl tie-ins for the Mountain West Conference. There is uh, this bowl. It's going to be in Dallas, Fort Worth. It doesn't yet have a name. Um, and then there's another bowl tie-in, which the Mountain West will be connected to, which is good. You want to be connected to some others that aren't necessarily officially affiliated with. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to be connected with these other bowls that if they can't fill these other conferences can't fill all their, their spots, then you can be that fill-in. Uh, because you don't want somebody who's bowl eligible home when they could be bowling, yep. which happened this last year. Yep. Man, Wyoming really got hosed, and the worst part is he got hosed by a team down south. <laughs> yeah. Still don't know how that happened. How Mountain West has official bowl and a non-Mountain West team gets in. Yep. Uh, I, and, and by the way, I would take Wyoming's schedule and record over BYU's in a heartbeat for that yeah. season. At that, and, and Wyoming would have beat the living tar out of BYU. That defense would not, Oh, my gosh. They were so good for Wyoming. They were so fun to watch. All right. Uh, step aside, and we'll come back. We'll look at some of the uh, other news of the day. We have uh, the interesting connection in Houston going on with uh, Russell Westbrook and James Harden. How well will they work together? They were in, He was introduced today officially, some of his comments. And then there are some holdouts in the NFL some big-name players haven't yet signed deals for their teams as the NFL teams are reporting for their camps this week as well. So we'll discuss that next on the Full Court Press. Bright green cars. That's the only thing you need to remember as you're driving down Main Street in Logan looking for Jarek's fine jewelry. Hi, this is Jarek. We have a lot of people comment on the bright green cars outside, and some even talk about the building. But the overwhelming responses come when they step inside. Jarek's showroom was created to offer an intimate, romantic setting for couples to enjoy their ring-buying experience. Everyone is treated like a friend, with no price negotiation needed. Make your engagement special. Make it Jarek's. Come see us at 930 North Main in Logan. Just look for the bright green cars. On August 7th, Cache Valley Bank continues to grow with a new branch opening in Smithfield. This is Daryl Simmons, personal banker with Cash Valley Bank. The new Smithfield location will be convenient for existing customers and an opportunity for new friends to discover what a great financial partner you'll find in Cash Valley Bank. We're anxious to get to know you and invite you to stop by and say hello. Cash Valley Bank's newest location opening August 7th at the corner of Center and Main in Smithfield, Utah. Cash Valley Bank, member FDIC. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Welcome back to the Full Court Press. Eric Franson, Andre Salveson. Earlier today, uh... 
there's been a lot of movement in the NBA, and some of these players just slowly but surely getting announced for their new with their new teams, their new destinations, showing their new jersey numbers if they have new numbers. That happened today with Jeff Green and Ed Davis for the Utah Jazz. It also happened today in Houston with Russell Westbrook. And a lot of question about how well he and James Harden can coexist because they're both ball-dominant players that need the ball in their hands. And can they coexist? Uh, Here's Russell Westbrook on trying to mesh and how he believes he can mesh with James Harden. Me and James have been friends for for many, many years, Um, since I was 10, actually. Uh, We uh, we played with each other for for many years in Oklahoma City, and to be able to win something, you got to be able to sacrifice um, some parts of your game, and we both understand that. We both understand that we have one common goal, and that's to win a championship. So we understand what we have to do. Um, I'm not worried about it. I know James is not worried about it. Um, I can play off the ball. Um, I don't have to touch the ball to impact the game, and uh, that's the best way. Um, for me uh, to be able to come back and impact this team is I, I can do other things on the floor to be able to make sure we have a, a better chance of winning. What the heck? Do, do you I buy about that? Just, I about just cussed too. Do you buy that, IJ? Did he just say, I don't need to touch the ball to have an impact on the team? Buddy, you were chasing triple doubles for two straight years. Steven Adams would go for a rebound. You fly over Steven Adams' back. You would say a swear word at him for trying to get the rebound, and then you'd go down the court. You need the ball in your hands, man. <laughs> and, okay, so here's the thing. Do you remember the whole when Gordon Hayward and Kyrie Irving teamed up? They had this press conference, and they looked at each other, and it was this cheesy, corny, BS smile. They looked at each other. It's like a gif now or whatever on, on Twitter. And and it's like, oh, yeah, d- look at this. This is true love. This is what it means to be true teammates. Yeah, Kyrie's in Brooklyn because he hated Boston because Gordon was dumb with the basketball. Gordon's now wetting his pants because he actually has to be the most trusted guy on the court next to Kemba Walker. Uh, and then what, what was the other one? Like the whole KD-Golden State thing? Sure, they won a couple of NBA titles, but Draymond hates KD. KD does not like Draymond Green. And then do you remember Paul George and Russell Westbrook most recently? Yeah, everyone thought that was going to be a title contending team. <clears throat> Three first round exits later, they're looking, for, you know, Paul George is like, I'm out. See ya. Going to the Clips. Playing with Kawhi. Yeah, 10 months, man. After having a party with Nas, the rapper, and having this great old time, 10 months later, Paul George goes to, goes to the owner, Sam Presti, and says, get me out. So this whole, like, I don't need the ball to have an impact team. I trust James Harden. Me and him go to Chuck E. Cheese every other day and we're, hang out with our kids. And we're going to sacrifice parts of our game. Yeah, bull crap. That ain't happening. I promise you this, that with 10 seconds left on the clock, if James Harden takes a step back three, Russell's going to be livid. And if Russell goes to the hoop and tries to draw a foul and miss the layup, James Harden's going to be livid and we're going to have issues. This isn't going to last. I promise you. I don't know what's worse. OJ Simpson having a Twitter account or Russell Westbrook and James Harden playing on the same team Whoa. in this day and age. Wow. Throwing some heat. <laughs> Hot take. Yeah, I just I don't see it. I think they're both players that need the ball in their hands uh, to be their 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 most effective. Uh but in, in I think we're we're cr- coming into a new era of load management where you, they may not be on the court at the same time. Uh, they may work it so that uh, there's really only one of them running things at any given time. They may not play with each other on the court very much. Uh, and so the team will be James Harden's team when he's on the court, and it'll be Russell Westbrook's team when he's on the court. So uh, it very well could be that's the way we're heading. Uh, last thing, there are these NFL teams are uh, getting together. Their, their training camps are happening. There are a few... Notable holdouts. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott, he's not at training camp yet. And uh, Oh, wait, you know, so then is The Cowboys really? trying to sign him to a long-term deal, and uh, he hasn't uh, agreed to what they're uh, – some of the negotiations. Oh, are. they've got issues. And then uh, Clowney, right, for the Texans? Okay, I mean, you want to talk about overrated top three picks? I'm starting to get there with Clowney. Really. I almost am. And he might be one of the bigger busts in NFL history in regards of a top three pick. 
Ryan Leaf, of course, is way far and above everybody else. But my gosh, Clowney's making a darn good race out of it. Like, he's always injured. He's always complaining that he's not getting paid enough. Um, I mean, it's just it's a mess over there with the Texans. And I, I feel bad for Houston because that's a good football team with a good coaching staff. They just can't get their players to cooperate. Yeah, there's a few guys that are uh, are kind of holding out. They're not there yet. Um, but uh, Ezekiel Elliott, obviously, he's one of the biggest. Yeah, uh, and then Dallas yet. needs him because Dak Prescott trying to run an offense on his own yeah, would not be good for Dallas, especially in the NFC East. Honestly, it wouldn't. It, it'd be a nightmare. Did you hear about Antonio Brown? Oh, How what did he, he arrive do now? Today? No. So first day of Oakland Raiders camp, and uh, he sh- he comes in on a hot air balloon. <sighs> Just I'm here. Let's no. do this. <laughs> uh, oh man, NFL season. It's so messed up. Uh, you know what? I like that. There's some of these uh, these guys are coming out. Do you really? Yeah, making themselves big stars. The NFL needs that. They already think they're big stars with all the money they get. All right, have a great weekend, everybody. Why are you going to pay me big money? I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. I've noticed a disturbing trend developing over the last couple of years in the NFL. Thanks to social media and camera phones, we're getting bombarded by training camp highlights. Yesterday, Odell Beckham Jr. made a couple of nice catches, and the Browns' hype went to the next level. This has to stop. It's training camp. These are drills. It's not real football. And even if it was, it's still July doesn't mean anything. I know we love football, but the media hoarded camps is overkill. Keeping stats on a practice is, is not only useless, it's deceiving. Who knows what the coaching staff is trying to do? I admit I took a look at the Beckham catches, and yes, I'm excited, but I was excited about him and the Browns long before that because I know how great Beckham can be in real games. I don't need to see him in practice, but with all the coverage of pro football these days, I'm not sure I have a choice. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise.